Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Arreda, CBS Sports lead NWSL writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and play-by-play caller, coming to you live uh, from a canceled flight. And uh, we got a lot of games to get through today. Jam-packed action full of NWSL own goals, red cards. I mean, it's like, it's just endless. Now, again, it's another weekend that really just felt like it had everything. Once again, uh, let's get through it. Only four games to get through uh, for this weekend. Kansas City and Racing Louisville FC had a bye week. Let's start getting into some of these matches. But first, Lisa, how you doing? You doing okay today? I am good. I mean, yeah, I'm doing great. We had good games this weekend, like you mentioned, Sandra. And honestly, with only four games, I don't know why I was being very naive. I was like, oh, it won't be like so crazy hectic. But what am I talking about? It's the NWSL. We had an NWSL after dark game. Things are off the walls. I'm good. I'm ready to dive into it. Sandra, how are you doing? You cracked open a seltzer right before we started recording. So I know you're hydrated. I love to see that. It just, I just wanted to treat myself along with all of these games that we just watched. I mean, kicking off things on Saturday, uh, really the only matchup taking place on Saturday. We had a triple header for Sunday and we'll, we'll dive right into that soon for you all. But North Carolina Courage versus Houston Dash uh, ended up in a 2-1 win for Houston. I remember previewing this game you and I, Lisa, and just sort of wondering a little bit about how these two teams were going to look going into this match, what the bounce back was going to be because they were both coming off of losses. And I, if I remember correctly, we both gave advantage to, to North Carolina a little bit just because they were going to be the home side. And we just felt that might have given them a little bit of extra oomph going into this game. But Really, we should have known that this weekend was going to be as wild as it was because this match had multiple goals, uh, but a number of them were actually called off. And uh, this game ended up 2-1 in favor of Houston, who really just uh, ended up having a great response, quite frankly, on the road against uh, this North Carolina Courage side. So kudos to them for for picking up the win. Uh, What were some of your main takeaways coming out of a match like this? For Houston, traveling to Wake Med Soccer Park, it's hard to play on the road and especially in a town where the courage reside. They have a, a really strong fan base. So I think that's why we leaned a little bit towards North Carolina's side during this one. And honestly, on paper, North Carolina played well. They The stats-wise, they had 12 shots compared to Houston's five. Their passing count was nearly double what Houston had. But like you mentioned, two goals called back for offside, uh, one on Jess McDonald, one on Kristen Hamilton. It, it was a very interesting matchup. I was pleasantly surprised with how Houston played. Um, they were incredibly patient whenever they had the ball because breaking down a courage side is – hard. You have to be patient to find the right pass to unlock the defense and and get in behind. And Houston was really patient. They kept the ball. They moved it quickly in transition. And honestly, they capitalized on their opportunities. On paper, North Carolina had more opportunities than Houston did. However, when Houston got those opportunities, they finished them and North Carolina, they just, they just didn't um, maybe some missed calls here and there. I know Paul Riley was not too pleased in his post-game talk. However, it, the dash, they capitalized on it and they 
they surprised me throughout this game. I wasn't expecting a lot of firepower from them. Um, Gabby Seiler taking her opportunity during this Olympic stretch. That's a player um, that James Clarkson said has really stepped up. She's looking to get more time. And she did. She got the goal in this game, the game winner. Um, she took that set piece and it was her first NWSL goal. So congrats to Gabby Seiler, huge on her. And I really think Katie Naughton and Diane Caldwell did a nice job in the back. I know we talked about it a little bit in the preview, but Abby Ursig out and then pieces sliding around, but uh, interesting, interesting matchup. And then Shea Groom getting her 100th NWSL appearance. So a couple milestones happening there. And Shea Groom also scoring a goal in this game because what else does Shea Groom do? Um, I, I, I liked this game. I liked this game. I was pleasantly surprised. And goals are always fun. I love when <laughs> teams score goals. What did you think, Sandra? Were you impressed with Houston? Were you surprised with them? Were you unimpressed by North Carolina? Maybe honestly a little bit of a mix of both. I think this talk about a real um, scene setter for the weekend of games. I thought this was pretty appropriate. I think, you know, coach head coach Paul Riley said it best. I think when he was evaluating his, his team in, in the post game uh, comments there, you know, he said that the team looked really great tonight, except for the first few minutes of that, that second half that it looked like the team stayed in the locker room and that the, that the game quite frankly should have been put to bed by, by halftime. If, if you're looking at the courage and their side of things. Um, But I think it was a little bit of a mix of both, I guess, to answer your question. I think that Houston had a great response to what North Carolina courage was presenting them. You know, they had a really early breakthrough on goal from Jess McDonald, a beautiful looking goal, that was ultimately called, uh, you know, disallowed because it was ruled offside, even though we've been seeing a lot on the replay <laughs> and a lot of these goals are are looking like really, really close calls. So that goal was, was disallowed. And then to just sort of have the type of response that they had and the goal that they scored and from somebody like Shea Groom, it was just sort of one of these things where it's like, you don't see that too often against this North Carolina current side, just really impressive positioning and just being able to time her run correctly and just sort of take advantage, quite frankly, of the space that they gave her, Um, you know, and Kaylee Kurtz just pretty much alluded to, to as much, you know, when speaking about the center back pairing and and their performance on, on the night, she said straight out, like, I think Diane, you know, referring to Diane, the Caldwell that they, the both of them have to build up some, some chemistry Mm -hmm. because that they hadn't played together uh, in quite, in quite some time. Um, so the, you know, taking a little bit of accountability on that one, but, you know, North Carolina courage is always a tough team to play. Um, but Houston dash are, it's a new era dash, right? James Clarkson said so himself and to sort of kind of have that type of response, you know, after having that goal, even though that goal was disallowed, like that can maybe rattle a team, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Especially if it's coming from the courage, you're like, oh boy, here we go. Because the courage have the ability to just sort of come and attack you with waves and waves and waves of pressure. Um, But that didn't stop, you know, the dash from sort of sticking to their game plan and uh, taking it to the courage on the road. So, yes. um, And and I will say that Jess McDonald looked way better in this match partnered up with Kristen Hamilton up top than she did last week in North Carolina's game. Um, she, she played better. I, I, I believe that Paul Riley talked to her and said, listen, we need more from you. You can't be constantly checking back for the ball and looking to receive it at your feet. You're a forward. We play in over the top. You need to make 
dashing, darting runs across our opponent's back lines to get in behind. You can't be a lazy forward switching it up in training throughout the week. And I think Kristen Hamilton slotting into that position up top really, really worked. And then Kari Recaro sitting in that box midfield, doing a, a lot of the defensive work for North Carolina worked as well. But uh, I mean, Houston picking off the passes in the middle of the park was, was great. And it's a bad turnover from North Carolina. They're going to watch that film and they've made that mistake before throughout this regular season. And I hope for their sake, they don't make it again because it, it looks really, really bad. I mean, great job by Latsko to pick off that pass and find groom on the run and just so beautifully weighted on that through ball, but a, a tough one for North Carolina, a tough loss for them and an incredible job by Houston, really capitalizing on every opportunity they got They receive the ball one, two touch, get a clinical shot off. Yeah. Totally. I think if people get a chance to take a look at the highlights in, in this one in, game in particular, they should definitely take a look at it. Some really good goals, even the ones that were, were disallowed. Uh, take a look at it for all you young soccer players out there. A fun set piece goal for Gabby Seiler. Congrats to her on her first goal of the week or goal of yeah. the league. And uh, it, it helped Houston climb the standings in this one to keep things tight and, and close and interesting in those in those uh, NWSL league standings. And of course, again, like I said, scene setter, right? Rolling us into to Sunday in a triple header. Uh, we had Washington Spirit and New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. We had number four versus number six, those two sort of middle table teams uh, jockeying for position uh, in this very crowded table. Uh, Spirit, I, again, with the preview in this one, I think we might have gave advantage of Spirit in this one just because... Again, you, you you believe that the home side is maybe going to have the, the the no travel and the comforts of being at home and not having to, to worry about that kind of stuff. But boy, oh boy, if we thought that North Carolina and Houston might have had a little bit of controversy, we had a little bit more in this one. Lisa, you called this match. This game had an early red card. Washington Spirit were playing down a player. So Gotham had a, a player advantage to them. And this one was a banger, folks. If you like goals, it ended in 3-2. Gotham FC snatching up the win. Lisa, you got to give me your impressions of this match that you were watching <laughs> and calling it live. This game was highly entertaining. I wasn't exactly sure what we were going to get. Actually, right before we recorded our open, I, I was talking to some producers and other people in the studio. And I was like, what do you think is going to happen? And someone predicted 2-1 Gotham. Um, so close. They got 3-2. But I was not expecting this many goals from this Gotham side. They have not been consistent in their offense and in their attack going into this, they had seven goals for, but I mean, the goals against is huge for Gotham heading into this matchup against Washington spirit, only three goals against, and they let up two tonight against a side that only had 10 players on the field. It was early on, I believe the seventh minute, um, Margaret purse driving down the center and gets tackled pretty hard um, right outside the box. It was on the line right outside the box. It's tough calls. A lot of people blaming the officials in this league right now, but I, I think it was a red card. I really do. Sam Staub grabbing the jersey of Midge Purse and pulling her down. There's no feet tangling up. That's not at all what it was. And she was the last defender. Purse was going in for a goal. Um, Paige Nielsen was there, initially got the red card, and then, Center 
center referee realized that no, <laughs> Nielsen didn't <laughs> even touch purse. Um, it's so interesting that they can talk to their side officials and and get that insight, but no VAR. Come on, NWSL, get some VAR. We can watch that again. They can call it back. Maybe even the Buhati red card from last week would have been called back in game, but. Anyway, Sam Staub sent off early, early in this game. So Washington down a player. But Sandra, it did not stop them. Trinity oh, Rodman on fire during this game. She hit her stride. I think it like, honestly, it pissed Washington off. that, that Yeah, I would imagine happened. so. They looked really unhappy from, from the sideline and then the bench all the way to the players on the pitch. That kind of stuff can maybe motivate you. And it looked like it did. Is it, you said Rodman got that breakthrough goal in the in the. 13th minute it, she definitely did Gotham though uh not far behind they ended up leading at the half 2-1 spirit getting their second goal in the second half that one coming from Sanchez off a set piece two free kick set pieces in two games in the NWSL Saturday and then Sunday uh, Gabby Seiler and then Ashley Sanchez this time we don't see that enough we don't see those messy-esque set piece goals enough in this league and now we're getting them so good juju good vibes for more of those to come um but honestly Gotham had a good game not defensively not their best considering what they've done throughout this regular season however offensively three goals three different goals different people scoring goals Kawasumi Zerboni and then Purse finally getting that one at the end of the game, she deserved that one. I think she worked hard throughout this game and she did a lot. And Kawasumi, she does not get enough credit enough. Um, her goal, just a little tap in. I would have wished, I wish she would have scored like an outside the box, like 25 yards out, strikes <laughs> it up or 90. Cause she can do that. We've yeah. seen her do that, she's but Hey, big. a goal, she's been a big goal is a goal right now. Yeah. She's been big for the team right now. You know, in light of, you know, Paige Monahan is really the forward that has was previously, Mm -hmm. cast with getting the start up top for this team and put in a lot of great shifts but she's you know rehabbing from from a hamstring injury and and watching a veteran like how Sumi doing what she's doing on that you know attacking line with with players like Anumanu players like Purse has been very very impressive and you know we've been we've been saying it for the last couple of weeks about some of these teams and how they're going to be looking during this Olympic stretch of games and they're bringing it. This game was uh, intense. It really was quite back and forth, you know, mm -hmm. probably more than people might anticipate if they see uh, a team go down a player disadvantage, uh, but very, very entertaining on the least. And great to see somebody like McCall Zerboni uh, get on that scoreboard, somebody who's been working her way back into the lineup uh, with this Gotham FC side. You know, this is a player that, uh, this franchise, quite frankly, made a move for to try to, you know, kind of uh, get some experience in the midfield for their team uh, as they try to continue moving forward and sort of building uh, on their, you know, quote unquote, rebuild, so to speak. And now she's getting consistent minutes. She's getting starts. This is their second consecutive start now uh, in this regular season. And alongside somebody like uh, Ali Long running things in the mid there, I think it's just uh, kind of ensuring things up there for, yeah, for yeah, this yeah. team. And then Purse, really with that game winner, it's just it was it was a game that kind of had everything. And it it again, once again, uh, impacts the standings uh, for both of these teams. Uh, still still close, still still tight. Uh, got them sealing up the win with this one. 
and a 3-2 victory. And uh, it didn't end there because there was still some <laughs> there were still some more shenanigans to be had in this Sunday triple header. There was a Chicago Red Stars hosting OL Reign. And in this one, I don't I, when I say when I say that this weekend had everything, I mean, it had everything. And it's it's very interesting to go back and look at each of these games and see how each of these games provided a little bit of that everything. Because in this game, Chicago Red Stars brought the own goals once again to the party. And it of was delightful. <laughs> it was it was absolutely delightful to see Chicago Red Stars defeat OL Reign 3-1 and forced two own goals once again in their this is a no this is the third consecutive game that the Red Stars have forced an own goal and the second straight game where they forced two own goals and uh they set the record for now uh, who knows if the league will go back and take a look at some of these goals and they'll be credited otherwise but for now as of this recording the Chicago Red Stars now hold the league record for more most forced own goals with five uh, in a season. What a stat. What a <laughs> stat, Lisa. Oh, my God. And like, honestly, quite frankly, unpredictable. I had the pleasure of going to, to cover this game in person as someone who's local to Chicago, went in, took in this game on the media side of things. And it looked to, to maybe be going O.L. Reigns away at first I'm not going to lie that first half felt Mm -hmm. a little bit slow kind of dragged a little bit uh, a little bit unsure which way it was going to go even even though O.L. Reign got on that scoreboard first very early on in the 12th minute with a goal from Bethany Balser beautiful ball served in uh, from Celia, there was a lot of great interlinking play uh, watching some of these players get to play live uh, somebody like uh, Jennifer Marlzan and seeing that interlinking play between her and Celia really kind of creating some things uh, in Chicago's half there. So you see a team kind of come up with a goal like that and you're like, oh, this is going to maybe go OL Reigns way because they've got a lot of the momentum right now, but they really didn't generate anything else with that. Ended up closing that first half with about two shots on goal, five total shots uh, to close out the first 45. And then Chicago uh, went ahead and made some adjustments in this one. Lisa, they brought on Danny Colaprico uh, to start the second half, and it really kind of shifted things around for them. And we started to see a player like Morgan Gutra play a little bit more higher off of somebody like Colaprico uh, and get more involved in the attack. And that is when we got to see these own goals really come to life. You're talking about in the 48th minute, an own goal happens. And then just minutes later, I believe it was in the 54th minute, a second own goal happens. But there's some magic going on behind some of these own goals. Mal Pugh. Mal Pugh has been an integral part of these own goals that Chicago has been forcing on their opposition. And that did not change on this day, Lisa. And Mal Pugh finally said enough. She said enough. <laughs> she said enough and it was enough. And then she actually slotted home a goal of her own to make it 3-1 for Chicago. And for a little bit, Lisa, a little bit before we get into the final game, Chicago was in first place for about a few hours on Sunday. <laughs> hey, that counts. It counts a little bit. And the own goals are, I'm not really surprised. Chicago, Rory Dames, Mount Pugh, they're, they're watching the Euros. They, they saw what happened with own goal, lots of own goals in that one. And they wanted a little taste themselves. Um, it, like you said, OL Reign 
dominating in this first half. There's pieces missing for OL Reign. They have a lot, a lot of individual talent, like you mentioned, Marzon and, and Celia, Bethany Bowser getting good goals and Fishlock and King, ELS, Lesomer. I'm, I'm naming the whole roster, but they do. Their individual talent is very deep and they have so much skill, but the connection between the players is not there. And when you look at a team like Chicago, yes, they have a lot of talent with Mal Pugh and even Colaprico stepping on in the second half to change the game essentially and Watt up top. But a team like Chicago, they play so well together. They feed off of each other. They have rhythm. They have consistency. They have momentum in the game that builds as their players get better and they and they sink into that rhythm. And O.L. Reign, they're missing that. Um, I do believe now Laura Harvey joining, returning back to O.L. Reign is a really, really good move for them. She can try to provide, provide some stability for this OL rain side so they can get some momentum. But I'm kudos to Mal Pugh in this game because she's been working her tail off to get goals and to contribute in the attack and really prove that she is one of the best goal scorers in this league. And she's part of both of those own goals that happened today for Chicago. And then she gets one on the board and her goal tonight, just so beautiful, turning the defender, creating a little bit of space and just ricocheting that ball so hard so fast it was it was beautiful that was a beautiful goal from Mal Pugh that third goal yeah it was a it was really delightful to see sort of a live and in person um and honestly those own goals happened so quick and they were so chaotic uh mm-hmm. off of like some of those very close uh, set pieces where you couldn't really tell whether or not if it was uh truly an own goal uh initially but again for now uh, they're being credited uh, as own goal. So we'll see if that changes uh, for any reason. Uh, we know that sometimes there's better angles and better footage for the league. Yes. They go and they review these things and these stats. So um, I know Tatum Malazzo was pretty close yeah, yeah. on that second goal for off the set piece there. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, there. But for now, that's your uh, record setting Chicago Red Stars with five own goals uh, in one season. Uh, believe in the magic, I guess, of Mal Pugh. Heck of a record Chicago. to have heck of a record I mean they'll take it any goal they have and yeah I'm glad you gave a shout out to Tatum Malazzo because she occupied the goalkeeper and right in front of the goal on that corner kick blocking the vision of Buati on the corner kick so if anything she should get the credit for it I don't think she touched it though I, I really don't think she did we'll, we'll find out. Stay, yeah stay tuned <laughs> and uh, and we'll fill you all in uh on any updates uh, on that front uh, to close out this triple header though on Sunday Lisa we had some NWSL after dark action, official NWSL after dark action. It was a 930 uh, Eastern uh, Standard Time or should be 1030 Eastern Standard uh, kickoff. Uh, so real, real NWSL dark after hours. Portland Thorns versus Orlando Pride. We were curious. We were like, what's going to happen uh, in this match? And pretty physical match in this one, mm-hmm. Lisa, quite frankly. Uh, we had Portland going and uh getting up on the board early, Orlando trying to make a game of it a little bit later, but they end up getting the walk, walking away with the win with this one. Portland uh, defeats uh, Orlando 2-1. And, you know, this attack from Portland is so impressive. I feel like every time we're watching this Portland Thorns team, we're watching a very quick, very dynamic 
you know, very, very like just get getting after it. Just this team is just getting after it on the pitch. And you're watching this team and you're like, oh, man, this attack is going to go ahead and just put up like three or four goals. And then they just start like attacking at you in waves. And then they come away with like a one goal win or like a, a, a narrow one, one goal margin. You know, it's one of those things. But um, really impressive stuff. Uh, coming out of this game, uh, even though Orlando's walking away with a loss, I mean they they're they're still showing you that they're a team that is hanging around. They are hanging around in these games, and they're doing their best to sort of still hang around um, in these standings because this this with this loss, uh, it, it's Orlando's now their fourth consecutive loss uh, after they went on a really impressive seven game unbeaten streak uh, to start off their season. So. I think coming out of this game, Lisa, we're really seeing a team in Portland that still has a really dynamic attack and quite frankly is showing us they really are the deepest team in the league. And then another team in Orlando that is still showing that they have that fight and is still showing that they're here to compete, but they're struggling a little bit with a lot of a lot of their pieces missing, uh, whether it's been due to injury or whether it's uh, somebody like a Morgan or an Alex Morgan or a Marta overseas uh, in Tokyo for the Olympic Games. Yes. So one thing you mentioned, um, Portland's attack, they, they have so, so many different weapons that they can use. Um, and then they do narrowly get away with the goal. I know Mark Parsons head coach for the thorns is saying that he wants more goals. He needs more things. This is not enough for Portland. Um, but Orlando now on a bit of a decline. I, I don't know if I want to call it that quite yet because they still have really good pieces. I mean, Sydney LaRue, she's, their weapon up top. Um, Taylor Korniak got knocked around a little bit during this game tonight. And then Ashlyn Harris saving another penalty kick. It's, it's so impressive to watch her. I think it's just a mental game now for opponents when they step up to that white dot, that white line, the penalty spot, they're like, okay, that she's going to save this. They, they have to know that because that's exactly what she does. But Taking a look at Orlando's record over the last couple of weeks, um, yeah, tie, a loss to North Carolina, a loss to Houston. Is it without Alex Morgan and Marta that they can't provide up top, that they can't provide those opportunities? I don't think so, but that's what it's proving right now, um, which is really disappointing for the rest of the Orlando squad because I, I believe – in more than them with Taylor Corniak, Crystal Thomas, Erica Timrak, they, they have good players that can do a lot. But um, during this game, the goals that we did get uh, Portland goals, really good. Holy cannoli. That first goal that we had from Sophia Smith was one of the best shots I've seen. She has so oh, yeah. much space in front of her. The defenders are crashing in all around her and she just calm, cool, collected, whips it upper 90. I mean, really, really nice job by her to find the back of the net. Um, she should have had another goal on that little breakaway that she had. I think it's the Ashlyn Harris getting in her head, um, not being able to do yeah. that one. And then Marissa Everett getting another goal there in this one. But um, Portland remaining on top in these standings. These standings are tight. They're moving around. Um, but after tonight, Portland gets another couple of points and they stay at the top. Yeah, they are. 
it's uh it's it's impressive to see and we're gonna we're gonna be paying attention to it because you know that's our job i know there's a lot of there's a lot it's for some teams they're like hey we're still not really super paying attention to those standings yet there's going to be some clubs out there that are like a lot of these standings are really going to come in and shake out probably in that you know, final third stretch of games, which uh, is for true. this season. And it is true. We see it. However, we see it all the time. We see it all the time. Saying that are the ones that aren't getting the points week in and week out. Hey, I'm just saying. But it's also, it's all, it also has truth to it. I mean, we see how these, uh, mm-hmm. sitting in the past with regular seasons and NWSL and how they really can sort of take shape over the final really you know, eight to six weeks uh, of the season. So, so we'll see for, for now, you know, Orlando keeping things interesting. Uh, they, they're dropping in the standings, but they ended out this night with a little bit of fight, had themselves a, a goal in, in stoppage time. Once again, late, late stoppage time. And hopefully, uh, you know, Marissa Vigiano is a player who ended up getting, getting this late, late goal. So hopefully she is uh, getting a little bit closer to being more informed. I know she's been working her way back also from, from injury again, uh, Orlando being hit a little bit with this injury, but kind of at a tough time during this Olympic stretch uh, where it really is anybody's game week in and week out. Uh, but that midfield can really use some help. And I think that's a player that can really kind of sure some things up for them. So we'll see what happens next week for now. My gosh, these standings folks, we've got Portland thorns number one with 19 points, Chicago red stars at number two with 17 points. And we've got a four way tie from three to six to run out the top six playoff positions with Houston dash Gotham FC, Orlando pride and North Carolina courage. Washington Spirit fall to number seven. Racing Louisville FC on their bye week are at number eight now. Oil Rain sit at number nine. And Kansas City NWSL remain in 10th place right now. So still a narrow table. Still a lot of season left to go. Quick reminder for everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you as always. So here's your reminder to follow us on Twitter. At Attacking Third, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're also available as video. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash attacking third. We'll be back Wednesday with more of some news and notes around the league and perhaps a little bit of information on the Olympics because those are kicking off very, very soon. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. <laughs>